Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with A's Minor League Hitting Coordinator, Jim Eppard. He's now in his seventh season overseeing the development of all the A's Minor League hitters. He's currently down in Arizona working with a number of the A's young hitting prospects in the Instructional League. And we took the opportunity to get his insights on a bunch of the A's most promising young hitting prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Jim. Of course, Bill, anytime. So uh, I know you're down at Instructs in Arizona right now, working with a bunch of the A's young hitters. And I wanted to start off by asking you about a few guys who were drafted last year, who had really good seasons in their first full seasons here in pro ball, and guys that you're you're working with down there right now, and maybe get a sense of the development you've seen out of them this year, and maybe some of the things that you're working with them on there in Instructs right now. And I wanted to start off by asking you about last year's first-round draft pick, shortstop Max Muncy. You know, he had a really good season his first year. He's just 19 years old most of the season. I think he just recently turned 20. But he showed, you know, a tremendous amount of power for a, for a teenager. Took a lot of walks, got on base. But he also, I think, uh, led the A's uh, system in strikeouts as well, as, as a lot of uh, young players do tend to, to strike out a lot early in their careers. But can you tell me a little bit about what you've seen out of Max Muncy in his first full season in pro ball and, and where he's at at this point in your view? Yeah, Max has had a, a, a great year. Um, not sure that anybody could have predicted um, the amount of power that he showed. Um, you know, sometimes you'll see flashes of power, and we did see that in spring training, uh, but didn't really think that it would transfer over into the season as it did. But it did, so it was awesome. <coughs> great kid, obviously very strong, uh, works hard, uh, really takes care of himself. Uh what I like is that he is willing to use the whole field. Um, but one of the main concerns uh, for me, um, and I, I know he did walk a lot, uh, so that's really a good sign as well, but he also struck out a lot. So what we're doing is we're really trying to force him into um, uh, getting better pitches to swing at. Okay. Uh, and the reason is that uh, a lot of those strikeouts, I think, came not from the last pitch that actually struck him out, but it's more concerning to me about how you get there. So, for instance, uh, if he swings at a first pitch breaking ball out of the strike zone, that could then lead into a strikeout later in the at-bat or fouling a pitch off that he should be hitting this right down the middle. That could lead to a strikeout you know, uh, later in the at-bat. So really trying to focus on um, his zone and where he handles the ball the best. And uh, we started that today, uh, working on it by, by uh, making him take a strike. Um, and the reason is that I want him to just, because uh, you never get an opportunity to do that, is just to see pitches in a game situation. And it worked flawlessly today. Um, he got ahead in both at-bats and then 
uh, got a base hit in the four hole uh, his first time. And then his second time, uh, he lined out to the first baseman, all both times with two strikes. So um, I like our progress. I like what we're, we're doing. And Max is a great prospect. I think that's pretty common with many young players, right? I mean, the, the issue of both pitch recognition and pitch selection, uh, really learning to identify the pitches that they can, they can handle the best and really have the most success with, right? No doubt. And I always say that, uh, and this probably holds true for 90% of our hitters, is that they don't have a swinging issue. They have a taking issue. And that's the hardest thing to overcome. Right. So another guy you drafted last year in the fourth round outfielder, Denzel Clark, had a really good season this year, got off to a tremendous start at Stockton. Very toolsy guy, showed a lot of power, stole, I think, 30 bases this year, obviously showed a lot of speed, played uh, center field well. Again, strikeouts probably a little too high, but tell me where we're at with Denzel Clark, what you saw out of him this year, and and what you really want to work on improving with him at this stage of the game. Yeah, with Denzel, I wasn't quite sure what we were going to get when we broke camp. Um, guy hasn't you know, played, uh, he, he's not your typical uh, baseball player that started playing baseball when they're six, seven, eight years old. You know, he picked it up later in life and uh, still learning a lot of the nuances of the game. Um, but he is super athletic, super talented. Uh, uh, so he, uh, he did, he did some things on the field that, uh, are actually pretty amazing. And, uh, he is a joy to be around and a pleasure, pleasure to watch. Uh, very hard worker. He's open-minded. Um, he trusts us and he's willing to do just about whatever we'll ask him to do. He is like a, even though he is super athletic when it comes to, you know, being athletic in the box, um, it's a little bit different. So he's more like a big puppy dog uh, trying to figure out his balance points and, uh, you know, how to stay connected with his swing. Uh, a, a lot of the things that you need to be a consistent hitter. Uh, but the flashes uh, were very bright and uh, they happened, uh, you know, not as frequently as maybe he was hoping for but probably happened a lot more than I was hoping for when we broke spring training. Love the guy. <laughs> Good news is it sounds like, in addition to being very toolsy, it sounds like he's also very coachable from what you're saying. Very much so. Um, you know, we take our time and we uh, we let them, you know, uh, get to know us. Uh, we're not trying to force anything on anybody. Uh, it gives us a chance to get to know them better. And as we build this relationship, uh, you know, that we can uh, – uh, forge ahead. Uh, now, another guy you've got there down at Instructs was your ninth round draft pick last year, catcher Shane McGuire. A little more under the radar than some of these other guys, but you know he had a really interesting season. He showed a tremendous ability to take walks, get on base, had one of the best on base percentages of any player in the A system this year. Uh, hasn't shown a tremendous amount of power yet, though. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about what you saw to Shane McGuire this year and, and where you'd like to see him go in his development? Absolutely. You know, uh, I I look at Mac and I, I just I just call him a baseball player. You know, he grew up playing baseball and uh, he, he eats, drinks and sleeps baseball, um, has really good feel for the game. Um, really knows what he's trying to do out there. Um, now we're just trying to get him to maybe tap into a little bit more of that power that you're talking about. Um, so we're, uh, 
we're asking him to, you know, just expand a little bit, go outside of his comfort zone and try some new things, try some things that uh, might not be, you know, right down his alley or in his comfort zone. Um, but, and by doing that, we might just find or tap into something that uh, maybe has been hidden. So uh, he's been very open-minded. Uh, we spoke about it uh, when we got here with him and uh, you know, he's all on board and willing to try anything that we want him to do. Yeah, as a left-handed hitting catcher uh, who can get on base, if he can actually develop a, a little bit of power too, that's a, a very good mix to have in your in your system right there. Yeah, and he's also a, a pretty good first baseman, so to have that versatility for the manager uh, it always helps. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of catchers, I did want to ask you about one other guy. And that's catcher Shea Langoliers you guys got from Atlanta in the offseason. Spent most of the year at Vegas. He's now up with Oakland. But obviously you, you saw plenty of him while he was in AAA this year. Can you talk a little bit about what, what you saw out of him and, and how you see him progressing and developing as a major league player going forward? Yeah, uh, really good ball player, uh, hard worker. You know, really has a great understanding of what he's trying to do in the box. Uh, through our conversations, uh, you know, he just has a solid approach. And uh, he has the things that he wants to do and wants to get better at. Um, he works on it every day. And by doing this, uh, he's turning into a, a fairly consistent uh, hitter in the box. And I just look for more and more out of him as we as, as he gets more opportunity and more at-bats. Uh, because he is so focused on what he's trying to do. Yeah, it certainly seems like, you know, he should be a key linchpin uh, going forward uh, for the A's as they rebuild for the future here. There's another guy who spent time with uh, the big club this year as well that I'm sure you had a chance to see at Vegas, and that's uh, center fielder Christian Pache. Obviously, he struggled a lot at the plate in his time in Oakland, I'm curious to to see what you saw out of him during his time at Vegas and what you think he needs to do to become the kind of major league hitter that can really contribute offensively for the A's. Yeah, unfortunately, I only got a chance to uh, see him one one series. Uh, I missed him when I was in Oakland. He was in Vegas, and uh, the, my first time in Vegas, he was in Oakland. But I did catch him on the last my last trip to uh, Vegas, and you know, he's a super athletic guy, uh, and we're just trying to get him to be more comfortable in the box, um, have a better plan uh, when he steps into the box, and then sticking to the plan. Uh, and that's a lot of times that's the hardest part for guys is, you know, they, they want to chase the pitcher a little bit and try to guess what he's going to throw next. And it's, it's better, in my opinion, or in, in my coaching uh, uh, tenure, that uh, you just stick to a plan and and stay with it and and he'll eventually come right into you what you what you're looking for and trying to get that across to christian uh the best we can and then for him to work on it um but you know hopefully he's going to continue to uh develop and work hard and become a better player that we think he can be Right. Well, getting back to um, catchers, which you've got a, a lot of promising catchers in your system right now, and you've got a few of them at AA Midland where you seem to have had a lot of your best hitting prospects this year. And I wanted to start out by asking you about your first-round draft pick a couple of years ago, Tyler Soderstrom. He started out the year at Lansing, got off to a bit of a slow start, then picked up 
got hot there at Lansing and moved up to Midland where he's been hitting well too. And, you know, he really has sh shown his power potential throughout the season. He's He's led the A's minor league system in home runs as, I believe, just a 20-year-old this year. But can you tell me a little bit about the progress you've seen out of him this year, the evolution, where, where he's been this year, and uh, where he's evolved to being at this stage of the game? Yeah, Tyler's a tremendous talent. Um, he uh, is very comfortable in the box. Uh, I don't think there's really anything that he can't do. Um, I know the stats will tell you that he struck out a lot. Uh, stats will probably tell you that, you know, maybe he struggled against some left-handed pitching. Um, but if you look at it, uh, you know, like you said, he's below 21 years old and uh, he's already in double A. Uh, hit some walk-off homers, um, you know, big pressure situations. Uh, probably not anything that you would want to try to put a kid like at, of that age or experience level in, but, uh, you know, he was there and, uh, and, and showed really what he's capable of. Um, he can hit the ball out to left, center, and right. Um, there's just so much upside to this guy. And, um, you know, we just continue to, you know, work on, work, work with him on, you know, his pit, pitch selection so that, uh, uh, we can start to whittle those strike, strikeouts down. And then, uh, I just think that the more that he could see left handed pitching, the better he's going to get at that. Uh, you know, I was, I was a left-handed hitter myself and coming out of high school, I don't know if I ever saw a left-handed pitcher. So, uh, he might, he might have run into the same situation, but you know, pro ball is different. Um, they're all over the place in pro ball and, uh, he's going to see them and he has had some success off them. Um, and the more he sees them, the better he's going to get. Uh, well, another catcher who, who's made tremendous progress at Midland this year is Kyle McCann. You know, he really struggled last year in his first year in double A. This season, though, he's hit 20 home runs and just looked like a, a whole new hitter this season. So uh, tell me a little bit about the progress that you've seen Kyle McCann make this season. Yeah, I don't think we could be more proud of, of, uh, of Kyle uh, than we are. Um, he has had a tremendous season. Uh, he started out maybe, uh, you know, not necessarily the everyday guy. Um, and sometimes that's inspirational for people is to, you know, prove the manager wrong or prove the organization wrong or, you know, in some cases just find a way to get in the lineup and playing better always helps. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and he's done that. He's done that. Uh, he did it at the beginning and he's, uh, he's continued on. And um, I just saw those guys a couple weeks ago and I think he's probably trying to do a little bit too much right now. And that's, that's why he might be seeing a little downtick in his numbers. Um, but he has, night and day advanced from the time that we got him from the time that I got to see him in Vermont to the time that I saw him two weeks ago, uh, just a much better professional player, uh, much more serious, much more in tune to what's going on around him. And consequently, he's a better player for it. Um, it's just a real pleasure to be around. Yeah. Like I mentioned, you certainly got a lot of uh, good hitting, uh, catching prospects in the system at this point, And he's just another one of them, probably one of the best hitters, that you've had at Midland this year, and really in the whole minor league system, is uh, Jordan Diaz. Uh, he's been playing first base mainly this season. I think he's uh, about 22 now, so he's still 
pretty young, and I think he's uh, leading the system in doubles this season. He's hit plenty of home runs as well. Just He's always shown tremendous power, and um, he was promoted to Vegas about a month ago, and he's been hitting just as well at Vegas uh, as he was at Midland. He was hitting over 300 at Midland. He's hitting over 300 in Vegas, and again, showing power. But tell me a little bit about what you've seen Jordan Diaz do this year and you know what's left for him to, uh, to figure out now that he's at the AAA level and really just a one step away from the majors. Right. Um, I think Jordan's been with the A's home probably as long as I have. And uh, it's been fun to watch him mature from a you know, 16, 17-year-old kid uh, to now being in Vegas like you talked about. Um, he's always been able to hit. Um, he's been, and, and kind of credit to him, he's been stubborn in, in what he's wanted to do in the box. And uh, I, I think uh, through uh, communications with him, uh, we've both kind of learned to live with each other. Uh, we really enjoy each other. And uh, it's, it's just fun to watch him because he is so talented in the box. You just never know what to expect because he can, he can lash a ball into right field or he can be out front and keep his hands back and hit a ball over the left field wall. Uh, it's just uncanny and unnatural to see a kid that's that young be able to do some of the things that he does. Um, probably why he's on our major league roster, probably why he's in triple A right now. And uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think just more at bats and, and, you know, more time playing, um, more games played, um, that's, those are going to be the things that are going to propel him to the next level. Right. I, I, I'm assuming he's a little bit more of a free swinger than you would ideally like, but uh, I, I guess he's feeling he's getting results doing what he's doing, and uh, we're just going to see how that plays out as he as he moves up, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true, and uh, you know, in in a lot of cases, uh, that's the last piece of the puzzle for a guy that's so talented with his bat-to-ball skills and his ability to hit just about any pitch uh, is it's not as easy to do in the major league. So uh, sometimes that will be the last piece that uh, is uh, is brought to the table. But um, in most cases, I think that uh, once they figure that out, it's going to be a fairly easy transition for him. Right, right. Well, another guy who's really turned into a pretty impressive season in his first uh, year of pro ball at Midland is uh, your second-round draft pick last year, Zach Geloff. Started out as a third baseman. He's been playing more second base lately, but he's certainly um, shown his ability to, to hit the ball and, and, to, and to get on base and to just be a really consistent hitter You know, coming right out of the draft this year. Yeah, Zach is a, a great player and uh, a real joy to be around, real pleasure. Uh, just He loves the game. He loves to play. As long as he's on the field, he's got a smile on his face. Uh, there's no place I think he'd rather be in the whole world that's on a baseball field. And he's just, he's really that breath of fresh air that you like. Um, he's a great player. Um, he uses the whole field. Uh, he just, uh, he's got power. Uh, he's super fast. Uh, great instincts in the game. And he's just, uh, uh, you know, really, really a talented guy. Uh, I think you're going to see him in Oakland sooner than later. Yeah, it seems like if there's anyone who's uh, <laughs> on the fast track, uh, he he could be it. Another guy at Midland who kind of reminds me of him and just his uh, ability to just consistently hit 
has been, I believe he was your seventh round draft pick last year, and that's third baseman Brett Harris. He started out the season in Lansing, just got off to a tremendous start there, went up to Midland and has been performing there uh, as well. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, how you profile Brett Harris and where you feel he's at and, and what he needs to do to uh, to make the next step? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because he's a, also a very good player. Um, <clears throat> he's a he's a, a kind of a clone of Geloff. They both use the whole field. They both have some power. They both can drive the ball into the gaps. Um, they're both very knowledgeable baseball players. They're they uh, understand the game. They understand what pitchers are trying to do to them. Um, they're they're very very similar players, and I think you're, you have a very good chance of seeing both those guys play on the same team for a long time. Very good players. Yeah, that's what I've, I'm I'm already kind of imagining. Uh, maybe Zach Geloff at second, Brett Brett Harris at the at the hot corner for the A's. Maybe in uh, in about a year or so. Is it is is that a reasonable thing to imagine? <laughs> Probably in Soderstrom, not too far behind him. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. That's what I was saying. There's a lot of good hitting prospects at Midland uh, right now, and it, it seems like the guys there could be forming the, the core of a future A's team in, the, in a year or so. One other guy at Midland I wanted to ask you about is another former first-round pick, and that's Logan Davidson. He's in his second year there at Midland playing shortstop there, and he struggled a bit in his first year. He's made some improvements in his second year. Looks like there's still some things for him to figure out, but I'm curious to know where you think Logan Davidson is at at this stage of uh, his development. Yeah, Logan had a very good year, and uh, it's uh, unfortunate that you know he was in that 2020 class, and so he didn't get a chance to play after that first Vermont year. And then we moved him into Double A last year, so 2021 his first full season was in Double A. That you just don't see that very often. Uh, him and McCann both. And I think, you know, I don't think it hurt either one of them. <clears throat> I'm not sure that it helped either one of them, uh, but they both came out of it just fine. And, uh, you know, Logan has matured all around defensively on the bases, um, with the bat, switch hitter, uh, splits are fairly comparable, um, has shown a little bit more power this year. Um, the numbers are, to me, they're better across the board, and uh, I think just more playing time and you know more experience. Um, but he has great work habits, and uh, you know I, I hope that we see him in AAA next year. And um, who knows, he go, he could be a part of that uh, part of that group that makes up a core of our team in the big leagues. Yeah, like I said, a lot of guys uh, to keep your eye on in Midland this year that uh, should, right. <laughs> we should be hearing a lot more of in the future. All right, I wanted to wrap up by asking you about a couple of guys from this year's draft who I believe you've got down there at Instructs right now. I'm sure you've only been able to spend a, a limited amount of time with them thus far, but I wanted to get your perspective on them. And first off is uh, your first-round draft pick this year, catcher Daniel Susak, another good-hitting catcher in the system. He seemed to perform well in his brief time at Stockton this year after the draft. But tell me your impressions of Daniel Susak as a hitter, where he's at now, and uh, what you foresee for him going forward. Yeah, I haven't spent a tremendous amount of time with Daniel yet, as we're just getting started here. Um, But... You know, by all reports and just what I've seen so far, guys, uh, 
you know, can handle the bat. Uh, what I like is that he uses the whole field and, uh, you know, th- that allows you then to be able to get deep into counts and, uh, have a decent two strike approach. Uh, but he also has some power too. Uh, so it's going to be fun to watch him develop, uh, through the years. Uh, he's got something uh, going on defensively right now that, uh, is holding him back there, but, uh, uh, he's able to swing the bat and, uh, you know, so far, uh, I like what I what what I've seen. He's a he's a big kid, um, open minded, and uh, you know he's just getting started. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah, another guy from this year's uh, draft that I'm sure again you you've had limited time with, but I wanted to get your your impressions on nonetheless was your second round pick, the young uh, teenage outfielder uh, Henry Bolte. You know, he showed a lot of power, a lot of speed in high school. Seems to be a very toolsy guy. Obviously, very young, very raw. But I'm curious what your what your early impressions have been of uh, of uh, Henry Bolte. Yeah, he's uh, he's everything you've said and more. Um, he's a powerful young man. Uh, I don't think you'd ever guess unless you looked right straight into his face how old he was. Uh, a bit of a baby face, but uh, a, a tremendous frame on him. Um, he had some uh, things he needed to adjust uh, mechanically uh, when we first got him. And Lloyd Turner, one of our hitting coaches down here, has done uh, a very good job with him, spent a, a, a lot of time with him. And uh, he, he looks completely different from what I saw, you know, a month, month and a half ago. Um, so I, I'm just looking for nothing but great things out of him. Uh, tremendous um, bat speed, power. Uh, he, can, he can use the whole field, and uh, you know we'll just keep uh, keep plugging away with him and uh, see where it takes us. But uh, he's a he's a keeper, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, again, very toolsy, uh, a toolsy young guy. Uh, hopefully, he he takes the instruction you have to offer down there. How much time do you have there down in Instructs this year with these guys? When will uh, when will the instructional league be wrapping up for you this year? Yeah, we have about two and a half more weeks to go, um, so we're just kind of getting started. Um, it's been a great camp so far, uh, doing a lot of things, getting a lot of work in, a lot of individual work, group work, and uh, and then some games being played as well. So, yeah, so far so good. Uh, it's a very useful time, Instructs. You know, I know, like you mentioned, you get a lot of one-on-one time with these guys which is very useful uh, going forward. So uh, hope, hopefully everyone uh, everyone takes to the advice that's offered and uh, takes it to heart. But thank you so much for giving us your insights on some of these top-hitting prospects in the A system with the team in the midst of a rebuild. It's even more important than ever to keep an eye on some of these young hitters moving up through the system because a lot of them could be getting their big opportunities pretty quickly. So thanks again for taking the time to talk with us today, Jim. My pleasure, Bill, anytime. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm.
This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.